Hello to all the people of the world, this is UX Almosal, where two hungry designers talk about product design and user experience. In this episode, we're going to talk about design team principles. By the end of the episode, our goal is for you to understand if you need principles for your own design team and what are the steps to achieve that. Christian and I will discuss why or why not, how you should go about creating your principles, and a lot of different things that relate to our own personal experience. So let's start the show. Hi CSJ. Hi Alexis. Hi everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of UX Almusal. After one century, yeah, we're back. Yeah. So we didn't eat breakfast that yeah, whole time because we're intermittent fasting. Yeah, we we yeah. we stopped. So that, that's why we stopped doing episodes because we yeah. didn't eat breakfast. Yeah. That's uh, very no breakfast. No UX almasal. Yeah, that's a very valid reason to totally stop. <laughs> so the new title of this <laughs> podcast is uh, inter- uh, intermittent UX fasting. Intermittent UX fasting. Yeah, welcome okay. to intermittent UX fasting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm CSJ. I'm <laughs> <This>. Alexis. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, yeah, w- w- what have you been doing during those months that we weren't recording, Alexis? What were you up to? Normal stuff. Um, just doing work for Caliber and um, doing roots as usual. Mm. Uh, still mm. doing my squad work and yeah. all of the other stuff. And and it's it's. I believe the last time we spoke to each other was right before UX Plus conference as well. Yes, right, right before it. So. Uh, what was your favorite part of the conference? Like, like just just to touch on it. I mean, we don't have to thank everyone. I guess. I think it's been num- a while. <laughs> the number one thing, my most favorite thing about UX Plus is meeting Jay Demetrio. Yeah, Jay is <laughs> a superstar. Shout out to Jay. Yeah, shout out to Jay and taking yeah. him to Midget Boxing in Poblacion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how's how's that? Were there? Any actual midgets that you saw? <laughs> so we saw the midgets, but we didn't see them box, unfortunately. Oh, okay. You should have just boxed with them regardless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> regardless if it was in the ring or out the ring. I'm yeah. so sorry, Jay. I should have yeah. taken you again last last week. I, 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 I believe you guys were also with um, one more UX Plus speaker. A yes. That mid- uh, midget Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. He's like nice the time. baby of the group. Yeah. <laughs> he was so afraid of Manila in like Makati in general. We had to protect him. Yeah, because everyone. he he was the white guy in your yeah. trio, right? <laughs> so protect Benjamin, right? Okay. Yeah, but that was fun. I mean, um, you we learned so much from UX Plus. Um, we'll, we're definitely gonna have more of it very very soon. Okay, very soon, guys. Listen until the end for yeah. like an announcement. <laughs> but anyway, so individually, CSJ, what's been happening with you with um, like First Circle and everything? Right, and First Circle. So uh, lo- lots of things happening um, during that time. I believe we added more people in the team. Um, we now have Brian Tan in the team. We have Francis, um, Francis To, like so, a couple of great designers, um, new additions, GM, which is our new UX uh, researcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's super solid in terms of UX team. It grew from just like two designers, me myself included, and, and our uh, CX head of CX, which mm-hmm. was um, um, Sean Gill, to now a guild of thirteen, well, which includes more of product managers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, representatives across the organization from head of support to um, like uh, e- even more like just cutting across like people that really believe in UX and great mm-hmm. CX in, in the organization. So we've essentially built that guild um, and yeah, we're, we're continuing to improve. Cool. And, and I cool. also saw you go to UXC and Jared's Pool. So how's yeah. that? <laughs> it was Jared's Pool in Australia, right? Yeah, in Sydney. Uh, it was great. Like the the experience in general was was amazing. Definitely worth. Like I'd suggest for like anyone that could um, attend his UX strategy session. It's really great for um, UX practitioners just to get a sense mm-hmm. of like what else you could do. Uh, like his general UX playbook. You'll you'll get to absorb that over the course of two days. Generally, what I've um, learned was that regardless if you're in Singapore or you're in Sydney, like the companies I met in UXC and the companies I met in in Sydney, like we all have the same UX problems. Mm-hmm. We're not too far off. Like you'd think Philippines is um, lagging behind or like... Less mature. Less mature. But it, like regardless if it's a company that's big or a company that's small... They're pro. They probably don't do like um, enough enough UX. Like they're always striving for more UX. Like mm. you'd see companies from not even doing their first uh, interview with a customer all the way to ones that actually do, but um, don't have a design thinking process set up yet, or mm. just a handful of designers, and then like th- that typical bottom up problem of trying to prove UX. So I think we're not too far off we're, we're, we're good we're um, we're in a great place we have so, so many talented UX um, practitioners in the Philippines as we saw um, over the last few months just attending UX events here mm-hmm. uh, locally so we're, we're, I think we're a good spot cool right okay right so uh, what do we talk about today Alexis what's our topic so today we're going to talk about design team principles or principles in general principles uh ux principles design mm. principles or design team principles it could be that mm. um that's our general topic mm. right so okay. so what's a what's a dec- dictionary definition of um um a principle so a dictionary definition is it's a fundamental truth that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or a chain of reasoning. Okay, no one understood that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I kind of yeah. understood that. Like, fundamental truth. It's a foundation. There's a chain of reasoning. Like, uh, sure. They <laughs> lost me in, in the end. But yeah, it's somehow true. Like, uh, that's what I got out of that. It's true. And it builds us a foundation for action, maybe. But I think there's a, another definition from right. Intercom that might help us understand it more. So, right. CSJ. Yeah, so so Intercom defined their principles as a way of encoding successes and helping repeat the behaviors that lead to positive outcomes. So helping repeat the behaviors that lead to positive outcomes and avoid the previous behaviors that led to mistakes. Okay, so reinforcing good behavior and avoiding bad ones. Yeah, okay. it's, it's basically optimizing the decision-making process. So it's not somehow arbitrary, like you you um, cling on to a belief mm-hmm. that is based on past evidence, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that's I think that's a better definition. So it needs to have a basis, I guess. Yeah, it's it's based on experience. Experience uh, builds principles. 
um and i think that's generally true like uh, i guess that's how i came up with mine um i'm sure you came up with yours mm-hmm. um that way as well yes but, um yeah we, we, I, i don't think like i mean when people hear principles it's somehow it's fluffy bit, it's yeah fluffy. It's it's fuzzy. It's yeah. fluffy. Like oh, principles. Feel good. Feel good yeah. Like um, wh- wh- why do we need that? <laughs> like uh, we have famous people that are doubters of it, right? Yeah. Like Julie Zhu, who is right. the VP of product design at Facebook. She right. didn't believe it at first. Really? She said like uh, she was the biggest skeptic of like a list of principles thing. And whenever somebody would begin their presentation to that effect. Uh, she'd lean back in her chair and think, great, a barrage of words designed to induce head nodding. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it defaults to her just saying, sure, sure, principles, whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you love that in UX talks where um, the, the slides are the company, like team principles, mm-hmm. and then everyone is like, just nodding their heads mm-hmm. because it makes sense. Yeah. Like, be user first. I agree. I, like, <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, like if you're a UX designer, fine, right? Like uh, nobody else is gonna say be user second. They're like treat your users badly. Mm-hmm. So, like, but before uh, we debate, uh, <laughs> why do we even like bother with principles? Right. What makes a principle anyway, CSJ? Right. Um. So so there's this idea I think of um a truism. Truism, yeah, T R U I S M. Okay. So, exactly. like, I, I I saw this by j- just from reading a couple of blogs from Intercom and like a um, couple of Medium articles. It always popped up like the word truism, and it, it generally means that it's a statement that is obviously true and says nothing new or interesting. So, it's new. Uh, it's uh, sorry, it's true, but mm-hmm. it's nothing new. Okay. So, like, the sky is blue. Or mm-hmm. even like a truism that's a principle um, is something like build good software. Or don't ship bugs. Yeah. <laughs> or or um, great design matters. <laughs> like that's it's true. Like nobody would argue, and you wouldn't build put a put in a principle that build bad software. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a truism. So the opposite of it should also be true, where where if you flip a pr- any principle. And it, it doesn't sound true or it doesn't isn't applicable at all. It's not a perspective that matters, I guess. It's just a statement that's fact. Okay. So what's an example of a good principle? Right. Um, so so uh, I'll start with a bad one, which might be create design we are proud of. And Why is it bad? What's so bad about creating um, things you're proud because of? Because you would never create a design that you're not proud of unless you're in a very shitty situation <laughs> so and they're just like <laughs> pushing pushing pixels. But So create design we're proud of. That's a bad principle. Not as the principle itself, but like how it was formatted. Create design we are proud of. A, a better version of, of that would be simplicity to reduce complexity. So if you flip that principle, it's density to increase visibility. So that's a, a stand a company mm-hmm. can take or like a design team can take. Mm-hmm. Um, say Craigslist would love density or like some, some other website that um, strives, like Wikipedia loves like density. sites or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you make it too simple, you, you lose out on the, the value of the content. Mm-hmm. So if you're say a company that um, wants more simplicity to reduce complexity, you probably are a company that 
uh, looks after um, engagement and focus of mm-hmm. the user. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to distract them so much. You want to do things one step at a time because each step is important. You might be a bank. You might be um, like where, where de- data and details are important. So like for circle, like for circle, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like that. So that's when you take a stand. Essentially, like the the principles solidify or crystallize like your decision making process. Okay. So why would we bother with principles in the first place? Yeah. So I think the first thing is like we've mentioned earlier, it's to codify what success means. It's like mm-hmm. documenting, okay, what does it mean to be successful in this particular design team? Mm-hmm. Or whenever you're doing design for this particular company, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And we can anchor our decision-making or let's say whenever we make design decisions or whenever we act on something in a company scenario, we can anchor that to a mental model. Right. Right. There are some other things, uh, personally for us at Caliber, I think creating or crystallizing the design principles helps us build our team. Mm. Uh, That means that whenever we hire someone, we are very clear on who we want to get yeah. and who we are going to pass on yeah, just it's from a, the basis of principles. It's not just like the hard skills. Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. principles are your foundation. Mm-hmm. Can be attitude, behavior. Right. Or like the, the values or yeah. like the soft skills even. Mm-hmm. Right. And it helps onboard, I guess, if you're a new designer in the team, it shows you, okay, to be successful here, mm-hmm. uh, an example principle would be, oh, we're community oriented. Like, we really want to contribute to the community hmm. and help develop the design community. So there are a set of observable behaviors that help contribute to that principle or value. Sure. And that's what we're measured against. So that's an example. Makes sense. So so wh- why not? What, like, what does a company look like if they don't have principles? Mm, Can you argue against even having not having principles? Well, if you're... Doing principles just from this for the sake of you know it's 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 the trend right? yeah. or like it's joining a checklist. the trend or it's yeah. a checklist yeah. uh, you probably shouldn't do it or you know if you don't have principles uh, I think the difficult thing about it is just you're just gonna go along with the work hmm. uh, caring for yourself individually yeah like you don't situate yourself in the team or company scenario makes sense uh, yeah. and you don't have something to benchmark against right uh, let's say okay you're displaying all these behaviors but mm. what ties them all together mm. right um, and as, let's say you're a team right composed of different individuals you care about different things um, not documenting or talking about your principles means that you don't have clarity on what you value as a team. Right. Like you're just made up of different individuals mixed together. Yeah. yeah. And and to to um to help that pro- like people or companies or teams that don't have that stated principles might just need a great manager that embodies it. So it's what typically happens, right? Or great individuals that embody principles and they just um, it goes without saying that it's the culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's somehow um, being intentional on building your culture mm-hmm. rather than just letting it happen by hiring great. And like it might be um, 
it, it comes and goes. Like great people come and go, but I guess principles are at least based on the growth of the company and what it has encountered before. So it's closely, it's more closely tied to the what what the company has gone through. Like, like not just be, the people it, that it, it has. It becomes unspoken rules yeah. or principles, I guess, if you yeah. don't really document it, right? Yeah. And then you'll have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Like when you you add a new person and the principles aren't stated, it it's a lot to offload or like onboard someone to to just get it mm-hmm. unless you state it very well. Well, you'll have to explore it on your own if you're the <laughs> new hire and like, oh, oh my God, how do I be successful in this company or this right. team? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay, sure. Now we that we've set up the foundation for principles. Mm. How do we actually come up with them? Right. Um, well, I can give you an example of a bad way to come up with it or the worst way to come up with the it. worst yeah the, the worst <laughs> version of coming up with principles is probably if you're a small team and or like even a large team and the manager or like someone very important just comes up with it and declares these are the principles you should abide by them the highest paid person's opinion yeah the hippo <laughs> yeah yeah so what's the best way um uh, if you involve everyone, uh, as with any design process, if you involve more th- more people than you think, uh, more people than you you think you need, it's always better. It, the outcome is always good. Um, once you start involving uh, people and um, start exploring their personal principles, um, just writing it down. Uh, typically, patterns emerge. So that's essentially what card sorting is or affinity mm-hmm. mapping is. So just apply the design process to this uh, process of coming up with your principles, essentially. So base it on common experience, if you can reference something in the past that happened and relate, relate all of that to how the company um, can make the same decisions moving forward. So, yeah. So it's kind of like a forcing function for your team to reflect on what made you successful as individuals. Yeah. And coming up together, maybe do some design thinking workshops to, yeah. you know, um, diverge and converge on that. Yeah. So I guess it's going to help our audience if we talk about our own experiences going into this. Yes, Jay? Absolutely. Uh, I, I think you'd have more experience with, because I we as a team is just about to come up with ours. So I'll, I'll leave the floor to you. I, I can speak about my yeah. personal principles later, but... Um, Alexis, how how did you guys come up with your uh, your um, design team principles? Okay, so on a high level, how we came up with the design principles is like this. Um, I think for any principle to happen, it has to be top down, but mm-hmm. the execution should be like democratic, right? Right. So by top down, I mean the principles should start from the company itself. Like, right. what's the mission and vision, or the core values? Um, so I think at Calibre, we're currently redefining that and that cascades down to the different teams. So for engineering, mm. for QA, for right. uh, design and other departments, they have their own values. So now that there's company values, uh, not, it cascades to the department values. For our design team specifically, in the beginning, we didn't have an avenue to really talk about strategic things sure right so 
personally, what I did was to conduct a one-on-one with my manager, Casper, and mm-hmm. told him that, okay, I think we need an avenue to discuss all these important stuff. Uh, why don't we do a uh, once every two weeks design town hall? Mm-hmm. And basically, during our first design hall, that was the main agenda, which actually just coincided with the company overhauling. Yeah. Uh, how, how, who, who was involved in that town hall? So the town hall involved Casper uh, and the rest of our design team. Right. Uh, so Smart, Real, right. Uh, oh, okay. Shiggy. So just just within within the mm-hmm. the function. Okay. So within the function. So in our first workshop, we basically diverged on what particular values we espoused or would like to espouse as a design team. Mm-hmm. And of course, we'd have a lot of ideas. But when we do the affinity diagramming, we came up with similar things like mm-hmm. empathy or ownership or going out of our way to help people internally and externally. Right. So that was the first design town hall. And asynchronously, like after that, using like Notion or whatever, uh, and the next design town hall, we added our principles to those core values. Right. So let's say for empathy, what does that even look like? Sure. Right. So does that mean that you we go out and do user research or uh, do we constantly ask questions? Or let's say to us, empathy might mean that we always check our privilege or mm. we always constantly fight for our users' best interests. Mm-hmm. So Another example would be, okay, another core value would be we're passionate about our craft. And that's so so fluffy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's why we needed to do another round of brainstorming, right. uh-huh. of diverging. And basically what would happen is you'd come up with a lot of different ideas mm-hmm. because individuals have different ideas. So... There are things like, okay, our ideal designer just does not wait for others to learn more about the user. That's what we mean about being passionate. Right. And if you take a look at our second town hall, um, mm. the Notion document, mm-hmm. each value would have like 20 items underneath wow. one value. Wow. So it's kind of crazy. That, so those are like your key results. So like the... The mm. outcome or like the objective is the high level one. Yep. Like it's inspiring. It's um it leads to um a goal. Mm-hmm. And then the, the rest are measurable or at least referenceable. Mm-hmm. So when we say measurable or referenceable, we mean that uh, the principles under the core values are a set of observable behavior. Like you can actually see it. Mm. Right? It's not fluffy. Yeah. Um, and the final step was for us, we wanted to iterate mm-hmm. on the values and combine those lists of 20 items to wow. one, let's say, one paragraph. Right. So um, I'm not sure if I can say all of our values, but for example, on our final list of six values, we have community oriented. Right. So being community-oriented means that we believe that design is op- an opportunity to be of service and we can contribute to developing the design community and that we actively uplift the, the community's design consciousness and competence in any way we can. Yeah. So, uh, how, how, why did you guys come up with um, community-oriented? I mean, did, did it um, was it 
a very strong feeling that was held uh, around the group or um, because that's not the typical uh, design team principle like mm-hmm. just sharing knowledge mm-hmm. to, to others. So I think we discussed earlier that we base the principles on what made us successful in the past mm. and members of our design team are t- typically really active in uh, the design communities around the Philippines for sure. example. So let's say uh, for example, I organize Roots, right, Roots right. Plus. Uh, Mark talks a lot about um, inclusivity. inclusivity and he's part of Philippine Web Designers. Right. Riel is also part of uh, Philippine Web Puedo and a lot of our designer, young designers, Jiggy and Laura, they came from UX Society. So that's really a core value for right. all of us. So it's a it's a shared value or shared principle of like just contributing leads to more growth. It might not be one is the one that you contributed, you'll get something in return right away. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a um, it builds it builds common understanding mm-hmm. beyond the the immediate group, I guess. Mm-hmm. And for example, let's say we we're going to add another designer to our uh, team. That means that we would take the community-oriented facet of that person very seriously. Like, right. even if another designer is like a superstar, right. but he or she doesn't exhibit this value, we're right. going to pass on him. Right. So so if Riel, for example, stops <laughs> being community-oriented, he's out. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. By Riel. <laughs> yeah, by Riel. Okay, so... I, I'm going to wait for that day. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Riel. Shout out to Riel. Okay. Shout out to Riel. Okay. So... I have uh, nothing against him. <laughs> I just want to bully via <laughs> via <a> podcast. <laughs> so, CSJ, um, now that you're in the process of crafting your values, uh, what was that situation like for you? And how are you coming up with your principles now? Sure. So, so um, for us, it, it was more of... Um, us recognizing that we already have our company principles um, from ownership to open-mindedness to being data data driven but customer centric um, so w- we had company values that um, the whole organization could stand for but given that we're um, a CX team or customer experience team within a very data driven company how can we raise up um, customer centricity even more mm. so that we don't just make decisions based on data because mm. like if first circle is great at anything we're super data driven mm-hmm. but we have to uh, I guess it was a common understanding that we had to um, uh, break down the definition of data data is numbers but it's actually also qualitative data. qualitative yeah. data it's also the feedback from people their experience as they go through our our loan platform mm-hmm. um so so we had to shake things up and for us to go with that like we had to build up build upon as you said successes we had in the past and we wanted to essentially codify everything okay so what spurred the need to really create the principles. Um, so for us, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like the design team was growing. Like before, it was kind of hard to promote principles or like um, stand for UX when you're a team of one mm-hmm. or like, like if you're even a team team of three. But now that we've built a guild, which it, um, 
guild is a collection of different people standing up for different things. It might like be a cross-functional some, working yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, like um someone from governance or maybe even someone from marketing or from growth. Um, so we we had a cross-functioning group that really cared about customer centricity aside from the product managers and designers. And that team grew. Like that team, I think at the moment, we're going to have our strategy session coming up. I believe we're around 16, so it's going to be a tough workshop. Like 16, 16 people. 16 people. <laughs> yeah, 16 oh people. Okay. But that's great. Like that's effectively more than at least 10% of our like super big company. 150 people. At least 10, pe- 10 people standing in a guild, like standing up for customer experience. That doesn't mean like our sales or our customer support team doesn't stand for customer experience. But we're kind of trying to forge the path toward, mm. towards like that, mm. um, that goal, that vision. Essentially, and we want to make... Um, better decisions. So it's like with a team that's growing means more decisions, which means which might mean more processes. And we even though we accept processes, we want to not have so many processes. So kind of our principles stand in for those processes. Mm. So that we don't want to codify absolutely everything, but at least we want to codify what we believe. Like in. you don't want to be very prescriptive about what process is what process needs to be done, but yeah. rather create the principle to guide whatever process is going to be made. Yeah. Um, what, what makes this um, uh, design activity more effective than this other design activity? What makes like this big, um, say, design thinking exercise, which would gather like 30 interviews, like super big, um, what would make that balance uh, balanced with, say, a design sprint activity, which would be just be with five users or like five experts. So, like, what are the principles that govern our actions essentially? So, we recognize that it's a bigger team, and we all already had um, some principles, and essentially, we just wanted to uh, make better decisions. Like, mm-hmm. we wanted to make uh, a sustainable, like, scalable CX culture essentially. And yeah. Um, helps us essentially collaborate better with the rest of the organization if we can actually um, declare <laughs> what we mm-hmm. stand for. Mm-hmm. So um, during that process, uh, we're, we're, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to go through this um, CX strategy session in the coming weeks and how how we built the um, the process was like very similar to yours. It's divergent and convergent. So... Um, we had pre-work, so it's uh, we had pre-work of people coming up with their own CX principles, and it's gonna be um, guided by the vision we all come up with, the CX vision. Um, so that CX vision, that's our like uh, driving force, or like that's the flag in the sand that we all strive for. Like, what's the best CX or customer experience by in five years? Like, what can we? What can't we do right now, but maybe we can do it five years from now if all things fall into place or like if if the technology's there or if the market's there, what's the vision essentially? So that's our guide. And then we essentially crafted rules on how to create those principles. So um, dimensions of, uh, say, um, just to help uh, people come up with their principles, like what do they think when it comes to, say, uh, metrics versus customer experience or data first versus research first mm-hmm. like what validates what or um, should we talk to sales which skews it might skew it to bi- a business decision that's optimal or should we talk to customers which 
um, promotes better uh, customer experience or when do we optimize or when do we innovate so those essentially those guides serve as our boundaries in mm-hmm. creating like it doesn't mean that it's applicable that we take one side but it's essentially a framework to think about okay this is how I personally believe in mm-hmm. and then we'll get to emerging patterns again and then we'll um, uh, craft like the, the common themes um, and yeah like how, uh, I guess our measure for success of this is um, everyone's pushing forward and everyone's referencing not just the vision of the the CX team but also the the, the principles itself. Like I'd love to have a meeting that calls out any of the principle we come up with. Like say say for example, if there's a disconnect there, like um, someone yells out, "Start with the problem." We're all we're talking about the solution, so j- just that, mm-hmm. like even just mm-hmm. that. Um, I think that would be successful if we um, mm-hmm. we we had that and as an outcome. But I, I guess I can um, to to give you like some some examples of my personal principles. I, I can state a few sure. um, that I can go commit. ahead. So I have just two very big ones. Like um, so, the first one talks about essentially communication. So talking to people solves most business problems. Mm-hmm. So. It's 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 super straightforward. Talking to people solves most business problems, but you'd be surprised how much um, we make decisions and we try to guess what other people are thinking within an organization. Like, oh, this is what um, Alexa's stand is in this issue. Um, I'm just gonna go forward with this decision and this onboarding flow mm-hmm. because this um, this adds to his workflow when you could have could be thinking so far mm-hmm. from from that point mm-hmm. like or you, you could um, yeah could be doing some other activity that goes against what I think you're 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 doing so just talking to people like um, just not assuming your motivation or just and actively understanding someone's motivation and breaking silos. Um, communicating trade-offs so centered all around communication that mm-hmm. I'll try to crystallize this thought but generally that's that um, okay so communication for you is one of two of the biggest principles yeah. that you personally yeah. execute on your own yeah talking to people okay. rather than chatting with them like talking to them in person so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to craft that uh, a bit more crisper but the next is actually like something I've believed in for a long time and somehow like was better said by, by this book author yeah by, by yeah. the book author essentially What's his name um, he wrote the book the best interface is is no, no interface. interface he is golden krishna golden krishna yeah okay the so, simple uh, path to brilliant technology yeah like so, so what, I, I just stumbled upon the book like fairly recently but it crystallized what i believed in for a long time which is basically that that the best interface is no interface that, that doesn't mean when we create interface interface is not good enough but at least let's strive for interfaces that don't go in the way of actual human behavior so mm. um he goes to state that the best design reduces work or the best computer is unseen or the best interaction is natural so what that all means is we always go about thinking that 
oh customer problem customer problem like we research this this actually happens let's design a screen <laughs> let's like design that. a platform yeah let's design a platform that solves a human problem <laughs> so yeah so that essentially that when you're a designer and you're super good in figma or sketch or like just creating something you'll definitely use your tools the, mm. like the tools or skills available to you can't get enough of our tool yeah like or, or like yeah. um want to open the car there's an app for that yeah. like want to open your gar- your trunk in your garage like there's uh, an app for that yeah like there, there's always an app for that or like there's always a web app or screen or a technology that solves a problem mm. but sometimes the 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 best solution is the ones that don't have screens so one example i guess i can uh think about right now is um uh, so so um when paying for example when paying for um coffee in starbucks for example so there's this idea of going cashless and then using your app or like or replacing um uh, debit cards and credit cards with like um near field communication so you just wave your and your card yeah but it it doesn't really create much innovation because when you go to get your coffee like you're still gonna pull out your wallet and you're still gonna mm. pull out your card and you're still gonna wave so there's still friction so mm. um what square came up with was this uh ingenious solution of um th- they had Essentially, when you have your app open and you have lo- the location open in your application, in your Square application, your local coffee shop would recognize you from afar. Mm. And if you have this setting um, open of like pre-order whenever I'm in this area, the moment you go into the coffee, the the the, the uh, server is already preparing your coffee, mm-hmm. and you just go into the cashier. It's already there, and it auto charges your um, your account already. So there's that setting. Wow. You don't even have to pull up, pull out your wallet or your phone. <laughs> <laughs> the Square guys are the people who make the POS yeah, software, the, right? The and the hardware, a, yeah, yeah. The, the software, hardware. So they're they're this great um, um, payment platform in the states. Um, mm. I think they're known for having a good designer to engineer ratios. Like they have a lot of designers. Yes, yes. Like it's super tied. Like um um yeah, uh, it it's super integrated, and the user experience is carried all the way through. So that's what I mean by um the best interface is no interface. Like mm-hmm. it actually promotes more human contact. Like uh, the server would say, "Here's your coffee, Alexis," mm-hmm. and it promotes real. Um, be- a, a better human experience mm. where you're not um looking at your phone. Like go go to any coffee shop, go to any place for th- for that matter. Everyone's just looking at their phone. So essentially, that book changed my life, and that created this concept for me that solidified like what I believe in, which mm. is the best interface is no interface. So that's it. Cool. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a great way to end our UX fasting session. <laughs> yeah, but, we'll rename so, this fairly soon, UX fasting. So to conclude, <laughs> uh, CSJ, do you think people should make their UX principles or like team principles? Uh, as soon as the, they have experience to back it up, mm. a common shared experience, and they can refer back to it, they absolutely um, they every every design team should have principles based on mm. common shared experience. Not just simple sh- common shared experience, but common experiences where you clearly identify that you were successful and happy versus, yeah. uh, I guess, 
times that you made mistakes or failures. Yeah. Like, it's clear and it represents how you are now and how you actually want to be in the future. Like, how you want to continue uh, moving forward. Okay, cool. I right. think every designer or every design team should be more intentional about uh, the culture they're creating. And creating principles is a great way to do that. Right. Okay, so what's up for yeah. CSJ and Alexis <laughs> in 2020? Uh, December. For sure, yeah. <laughs> well... Um, what's up for us? What is up for us? What <laughs> is up for us? I, I, so, of course, okay. there's gonna be UX Plus 2020. That's um, UX Plus in 2020 yeah. with a venue that's twice the size, <laughs> twice the size, twice but the half size. the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we just want something more roomy, more yeah. roomy, yeah. <laughs> but of course, also like more of the uh, great speakers we've had. Um, from all over Asia and uh, all over the world. World-class speakers like Jay Demetilio. Yeah, Jay, Jay Demetilio is going to be at every UX Plus moving <laughs> forward. Just because we For sure. he, he wants to experience poblacion all over again. Midget boxing yeah. for the end time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think we're also having a new event. Yeah, we, we're, we're cooking up this new um, idea. It doesn't have a name yet, but maybe it has a name maybe i'll announce the name Is right it, now. <laughs> no, it, it's should a, we announce the name uh, it, it's, it's a ux round table generally it's um a round, round table. table yeah uh, it's uh, a, a, a circular table where there's ux people and they're discussing about um common ux problems common ux topics everything from leadership to inclusion to um yeah, like women in technology or women in UX. Um, yeah, like so we, we have so many ideas for that monthly roundtable. We'll figure out the channel if it's just an event, if it's just a YouTube show or if it's a podcast. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We can't guys? commit. Like, we can't commit to anything. <laughs> can't, yeah, we can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, Aside I have, from that, I think yeah. we have some more interesting stuff. Yeah, we have a lot of things coming up. Possibly another event another probably, event? probably a technology event like soon. ux plus but tech plus no, <laughs> I, don't know, like, I don't know we don't, don't know don't don't <laughs> like uh, i didn't say that it's all up <laughs> that's there. a shitty name <laughs> we'll figure it out we'll figure out the branding but we have a lot of things coming up like um because where we have so much time i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have so much time yeah so expect Two new episodes in 2020 of UX. <laughs> two <episodes>. new episodes <laughs> every and six months. Yeah. Every six months. One episode every six yeah. months. Yeah, and yeah, okay. we're trying to optimize. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, so guys. That's it. Thanks, Alexis. That's it. That's it. Thanks, guys. Bye.